Hi, I'm Sam Candy and welcome to Sustain Talks. Today I'm joined by Joe Hand, co-founder of Geeky. Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Geeky, uh, why you started it and your background as well? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Sam. It's really good to be here. I set up Geeky, which stands for Get Informed, Know Your Impact. We set it up in 2017 with, with my husband, James, to help people live more sustainably. That was really a guiding principle of what we wanted to do when we set, set the organisation up. And the reason we felt that there was a real need for um, what we do is because more and more people are concerned about the environment, want to do what they can to try and stop climate change in particular, but also concerned about broader environmental crises that we're facing and didn't know what they could do personally or individually. So we thought if we can help people understand what their own personal impacts on the environment are and what they can do to have a positive impact, then we can really help um, close that gap between people's concern and people wanting to take action but not really knowing what to do. So that was very much our starting point. And we also wanted to be positive and empowering and enable people to make their own decisions rather than being um, you know, judgmental or making people feel bad. Because I think sometimes that can be really um, off-putting, even though you've people are concerned about the environment they want to take action then if you if if you feel that well I'm not doing enough or what I'm what I'm doing isn't the right thing um, that can be really demotivating so I think by enabling everybody to see information and and find find changes that they can make that are right for them and their own lifestyle and their own priorities we feel that that's the best way to um, enable the mass behavior change that we need to achieve to deal with the climate crisis that we're facing because about 70% of uh, global greenhouse gas emissions actually come from us as individuals and households. So the potential for us to make a real difference is massive. And I think there's, there's, there's often not that realization among, among many people that, that, that the power of individuals, particularly together is, is huge in terms of dealing with the climate crisis. Yeah, absolutely. I so agree with you as well. I um, am not a vegetarian, but I have significantly reduced the amount of meat I eat. And I, funnily enough, I just had a plant burger for lunch. But I think that, that that's so right, putting it into other people's hands and not forcing them to say, right, you have to completely cut out meat. But, you know, giving them the insight and the help to reduce their impact and um, so tell me what kind of um, emissions does Geeky calculate then? So we look at um, through Geeky Zero we look at all of our individual um, carbon footprint based on what we consume so we actually split it out into different lifestyle areas so our homes where we're talking about things like heating, um, hot water that kind of thing, electrics, um, travel, how we get about, so cars, planes, tube, uh, buses, etc. Biking if you're if you're uh, going for the for the low carbon option. And um, we look at our diets, uh, which can make up about a quarter of our personal carbon footprint. And then we also look at uh, stuff that we buy and services that we buy. So you know stuff that we buy is really anything from clothes, you know, um, bathroom stuff, that kind of thing. Um, and services 
could be our bank account or pensions, holidays, that kind of thing. And what we really aim to do is cover everything that we have direct control over so that we can then make changes that are going to fit with our lifestyle and our budget. Yeah. So do you how do you measure those emissions then? Do you just sort of take the average person? How does it work? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think it's it very much um, so we we approach it. Um, you, we use a, a lot of different data sources, um, mm. things like uh, largely government uh, sources, academic and scientific research are our main main sources of data. Um, and we want to make it so that you can put in as much or as little information as you want. So some people love to get super detailed. So for example. You could go into Geeky Zero, which is you can get online on uh, or use it on your phone um, and put in your electricity meter readings, for example. You could put in every single type of food that you eat. You could put up, put in um, how much you've saved in your pension. You can put in your breed of dog um, and uh, then it will give you your, your dog's carbon footprint. Um, <laughs> But some, some people love putting in, in lots of really detailed information. Some people just want to get straight to the action. You know, what, what can I do to actually make a, a change to my life today? And they just want to put in a few, a few um, bits of information. So you could also just say, look, I live in this type of house. Um, I drive a car. You can have, you know, very, um, very, uh, high level information so basically there are three layers of information that you can include you can go for the UK average um, or the country average that you're in uh, uh, that you ought to be in um, you can go for an estimate where you'd say you know my type of diet is you know part vegetarian for example or, or you can go for the real detailed information where you put in every type of food that you eat um, and it's yeah it's horses for courses we're all different and some people do a bit of both others um would just go for you know the estimates to keep yeah it quick and I, easy. Did, I did mine at the beginning of the year and it was really high but i know why it was high because i had to buy a new laptop and i had to buy a new sofa after having mine for like 17 years so you know it but it is it's when you get into that detail you find it's more interesting and then you can strip out things that you may maybe didn't realize were um high emissions um what do you think in your view are the the biggest emitters so it does vary person to person unfortunately it's not it's it's not um a kind of one size fits all because for example if you live in a small flat um in a city uh, that's modern and well insulated but you fly a lot your ch lifestyle changes would be very different than somebody who lives in a sort of drafty house in the middle of the country um, but doesn't travel much so but in a nutshell i would say um looking at your travel is a really important one um yeah. you know particularly flying um is in terms of um, you know single journeys, by far the biggest impact. But often, actually, if you drive a lot in your car, that can have a have a very big impact as well. So, looking at travel, looking at your home, um, you know how well insulated is it? Does it use renewable electricity? That's a really good one. Renewable electricity. That's kind of that's really become a no brainer because it really doesn't need to cost anymore now. Um, and then what we eat. 
So if you're vegetarian or or mainly plant-based, you'd have a, you know, your carbon footprint from your diet would be almost half of the carbon footprint of a regular diet. So generally our homes, how we get about and what we eat, those tend to be the biggest part of our personal carbon footprint. And very roughly, they're about a quarter, a quarter, a quarter each. And then things like goods and services that we buy would make up the rest, but it does vary person by person. So that's why we've decided with Geeky to help people work out what their own personal impacts are, and then they can find the, the, the changes that are right for them. Yeah, I think it is that education, isn't it? Because once people understand it and realise it, it then helps them to make those decisions. It's really hard. Like, you know, when you think of what does CO2 mean, people just don't have a concept of, you know, you, you can't see it, you can't measure it. So I think that really, really helps. Um, I know you're part of Climate Tech Council. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that's about? Yeah, yeah, no, it's really exciting, fairly recently formed. Um, and it's really to bring together founders and investors and others in the climate tech community to, to drive collective impact and, and increase um, discussions with policymakers and really help build knowledge across the whole sector because we're, we're it's a really interesting group of people who have a you know, massive range of um of technologies that they're working on. Um, so a lot of them would be very much, uh, you know, business to business, to business a, f a fewer um, more business to consumer, um, but a real range of technologies and a lot going through similar challenges and actually being able to support each other and share share how we've resolved many of these challenges in, in, the, um, in the arena of, trying to get to net zero by 2050 or before um, and you know what some of those some of those challenges are policy ones some of them are um, you know broader barriers but it's really about accelerating the role of climate tech in um, in the UK. Yeah I think that's uh, it's such an important group and you know I really believe that there's technology that is coming that we don't even know about yet that is going to help us in the future. Um, meeting people in the group, have you seen some technology that's coming? What do you think is going to help tackle climate change? Yeah, I was thinking about this before um, before we spoke, and there are, I mean, there are some really um, fascinating approaches. For example, around data and transparency. So, looking at um, you know, using data to help um, all sorts of different organisations really understand their exposure to climate change as it currently is. And I think the role of data in, in driving transparency through supply chains and, you know, and helping people understand both people and businesses, what they're actually buying is going to be a really important part of the, the future. And I think we're already starting to seeing that, that play out with um, just the general public being more interested in, you know, who makes their products, where they come from, are they made in a way that they feel comfortable with. Um, but also, um, you know, there's some really exciting technologies that are already here, like electric vehicles, which there's yeah. 
we're more and more coming out with amazing ranges now. I was talking to to somebody the other day who's recent a, a new new model that's come out that's got you know range of 250 miles, which you know is totally different to what yeah. was available a few years ago. The infrastructure still needs to improve to 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 keep um, you know keep supply for people um, um, available across the country. But I think that and the combination of the, the change in the way that we're going to live in our homes is really important. So, you know, things like heating, moving away from gas boilers to air source heat pumps um, mm. is quite unusual at the moment for somebody to have an air source heat pump in their home. But in five or 10 years' time, that's likely to be the way that, that we're all heating our, ho our homes and our water. So, I think there's a combination of the kind of really um, out there technologies that are yet to be proven, you know, like low emissions flights, for example, which is such a crucial part of the puzzle. And there's a lot sustainable of aviation fuel. Yeah, there's a lot of work still to be done there. But the technologies that are already here and um, that just need to be uh, need to have um, cost parity so that they're available to everybody. And um, it needs to be easier for people to actually get them get them installed and, and um, they need to be able to afford to do that. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think that by more people using those products, then it's going to drive the price down because, you know, at the moment, the price of an electric vehicle is so high. But as it as it's used, you know, in five years, it's going to be so different to it is now um, and it will be so much more accessible. Um, it was an interesting year 2021 for everyone second year of the pandemic um you know and for some a really difficult year for some a year of discovery what's been the biggest lesson that you learned in 2021 um well we launched um geeky zero in the first year of the pandemic which is almost lose track of the years yeah, you, I know. <laughs> in may 2020 um, and it's actually um, so the, the all of the work that we've done around Geeky Zero has been, or certainly since it was launched, has been um, it, the pandemic has been with us. Um, but I think that what we've learned um, in 2021 actually is is relevant, um, pandemic or not, really. Um, I think you know, and very much from a climate perspective and a sustainability perspective. And I think this was particularly clear in the pushback that came out through uh, COP26 from, from campaigners, that commitments are not enough. Um, we need to see action. And I think that plays out in every single part of um, the challenges around climate change. Um, you know, political commitments need to deliver action, business commitments need to deliver action, and our own personal commitments need to do the same. And I think that that's really important. But equally um and again i think this is relevant to all those groups but probably particularly relevant to individuals it needs to be easy um and it needs to be people need to feel that it's fair so um and we're seeing that you know in, in some of the political debates at the moment in terms of the, the price rises that are that we're going that we're witnessing in uh, the energy sector people need to feel that um, the changes that we're all going to need to make to our lives to achieve the emissions cuts that are totally uh, necessary 
are in some cases quite costly but in other cases they actually help save money but where yeah. they are costly for example you the electric vehicles for example there needs to be some sort of policy intervention as we've seen actually with diesel and, and petrol cars being banned from 2030 that will help drive uh, price reductions and affordability in the new technologies that we need to see so i think that that's yeah so commitments are not enough and ease and fairness in terms of the transition to, to low carbon technologies is yeah is crucial and i think that's certainly an um you know been really highlighted by the um the youth campaigners that this idea of climate justice or you know the fact that it's the the, the burden is shared in a way that is fair yeah and um, feasible yeah it's uh it's a new year uh 2022 um always a good start to set new goals have you uh yourself have you set any new year's resolutions or do you have any exciting goals that you want to share well i did i actually usually do set new year's resolutions but i didn't this year i asked my kids if they could recommend any and they they said well mommy maybe just don't shout at us so much so i, I <laughs> I'm trying to go for that one, um, um, but in terms of where we're going as an organisation, um, I think it just it it it's so important now for um, individuals and and businesses to really see this as a, a as a high priority because the more more we do now, the less the, the devastation or the devastating effects will will play out in the future and. We work with a lot of companies who use Geeky Zero, companies and organisations actually, so community groups, universities, a whole spectrum of organisations who use Geeky Zero to um, help staff um, understand and reduce their own personal carbon footprints. And it's just, uh, it's very heartening that so many organisations now see this as an increasing priority, um, because at the end of the day, it's such an important part of uh, future proofing an organization to have sustainability embedded in in you know many of the priorities and the way that the people operate and actually helping your staff understand why that's so important is really a crucial part of the puzzle and i think more and more um organizations are really embracing that now which is really exciting yeah it really is and i totally agree um you must meet in your groups and your network, you must meet some very inspiring people, but um, who inspires you or what books do you recommend that you enjoy on the topic? So I was um, I was lucky enough to contribute to a really great list and I'll share the link with you that was compiled by Deloitte called the light bulb list, which was a, a whole um, spectrum of uh, climate related books that were recommended by lots of different, lots of different experts. Um, and the one that I, really enjoyed was Hope in Hell by Jonathan Porritt, um, because it's, I think that it really told it how it, how it is, you know, he's been working in this space for many decades, but with a, with a combination of um, reality as to the gravity of the situation, but a very clear um, uh, uh, data and research driven um, angle in terms of we can resolve this you know this is this is not an insurmountable problem and it really is all about prioritization um so that's definitely a, a book i'd recommend and um 
I'll send you the link for the others as well, because there are lots of really, really excellent books out there that are just such a great way to um, learn more, but also, you know, encourage other people to think about the, these issues as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think Jonathan Porritt's amazing. Um, he's doing such fantastic work with rewilding um, with his project, um, Bun Loit Rewilding. Um, thank you, Joe. I think the work that you're doing is so important, educating people on um, carbon emissions, on climate change. And, you know, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And, uh, you know, best wishes and good luck with Geeky. And I'm sure it's going to be very, very successful and everyone should hear about it. So thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's really good to be here. Really good to talk. <laughs> okay, bye-bye.